0: Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman. I am mom to Skylar, who is an incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast four years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life, underscore Lori Hellman, and let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, could I ask a favor that you please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to Season 4 of Living the Sky Life. Happy Thursday, and welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I'm really excited today. I get to speak with a dad, which I don't often get to speak with fathers and um, male parent caregivers. So, um, my guest today is Louis Pryor, who is the autism dad behind the company Mia Via, which is a brand inspired to design and develop toys and learning aids for kids with autism and other developmental challenges. When he's not sketching toy ideas on napkins, Louis is spending time with his daughter, London, who is eight years old, and his son, Miles, who is five years old and who is also on the spectrum with level two autism. Before setting out on this new adventure, Louis spent his entire career in corporate marketing. Now, he is completely immersed in the world of autism and driven to help Miles live his best life and to help other families with autism through his company, Mia Via. We talk all about his beautiful son, Miles, and also how the company Mia Via came to be and all the offerings um, that you can find there when you visit their social media pages. So please enjoy this fun conversation I had with Louis Pryor. So welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. Um, I have a very special guest today with me. Uh, his name is Louie, and he is the owner of the company called Mia Via, which we'll get into. Um, but Louie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's great so, to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad to have you. And I'm so glad a, a mutual friend of ours introduced us. Um, your company is incredible. And I can't wait to talk all about that. Um, but you're joining me from Canada, right?
1: That's right. I'm actually based in Canada. Um, I did live in the States for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I am physically here in Canada where I live and Mia Via itself is based out of Kentucky.
0: Right. Which was where I got confused at first because that's where I am. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, wait a second. (laughs) How are you not here? But um, so um, we'll talk about, like I said, Mia Via, but um, before we kind of get into all of that and what the company... um, Manufacturers and what it represents. It, it's all kind of centered around sensory and autism. So clearly autism entered your life um, based on your child, Miles. Yep. Um, so I would love for you to tell us a little bit about Miles. I know he's five, um, but how did autism enter your world? How did this whole concept and conversation come to be? Um,
1: you know, I, I I've been immersed in the world of autism for a while now since I started Mia Via and it's, it's crazy to hear everybody's story. Cause you know, people love to share stories and my story, I have this, um, a little bit of guilt because there's so many heartbreaking stories out there. And mine has been, um, a, you know, a lot, it's almost like, a, like just as, as, as it's gone as well as it possibly could since we've got mm-hmm. diagnosed. So I have an older daughter or a daughter. She is, uh, eight um and she's wonderful and as a kid she was quick talker you know walking early everything was fantastic and she was this you know just smart little girl that people thought was older than she actually was so that was our first experience with children um and then uh we had miles uh he's two and a half years younger than his sister and we you know so with our first child we're nailing all these developmental milestones that you're Doctor kind of has set on this this piece of paper. You know, are they speaking three words? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? Um, and so with our with with Miles early on, we noticed he just wasn't. And it wasn't so much just the vocal things because I never really worry about that. You know, uh, I try not to compare one to another. Um, but you know, it was more the physical milestones. He wasn't lifting his head, um, and we thought, okay, well he's got a bit of a big head. That's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, he wasn't rolling over um, and all these little physical milestones um, were sort of piling up. Um, otherwise he was just this happy, go lucky baby, great sleeper, great eater, just the sweetest little boy. Um, but that's kind of the initial indicators that that got us uh, on this track. And so kind of put us on our doctor's radar a little bit. And as he got, into about, you know, 14 months, 15 months when he should have been getting some words and some other things out. Um, It just wasn't happening. So, um, you know, again, I mentioned I'm fortunate because I had an amazing doctor and she was all over it and was like, you know, I want to, I want to get him in early to a pediatrician. I just want to have a different, uh, perspective on on what's going on with miles and why he's, you know, not meeting his milestones. And in the meantime, we'd started physical therapy to kind of develop his core muscles and help with some of his muscle tone and, you know, get him rolling over and lifting his head when he's on tummy time and stuff like that. So um, we went and saw a pediatrician. And that was the first time we'd heard autism as a possibility. And I had, you know, aside from hearing or knowing autism sort of, through you know friends or so and so has autism. I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest, I was I was pretty ignorant to what autism was and what it meant when someone had it. Um, but he took a look at Miles and you know was looking at a lot of the you know the 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 the, the things like is he making eye contact? Mm-hmm. Um, how is he socially? You know, is he sort of just like doing his own thing or is he is he willing to engage with you? Is he does he recognize that you're in the room kind of thing? And he's making eye contact. He's, you know, he's grabbing his hand and doing hand over hand stuff. Like, so there was a lot of kind of like, maybe, but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. Maybe, but I'm not sure. But he was fantastic in that, you know, it wasn't, I didn't get what you hear a lot of uh, people say is the wait and see. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. What I got is, you know, I'd like to do some, some tests. Are you okay if we do some blood tests? Of course, whatever, whatever you need to do, let's do it. Um, And again, the whole time there's nothing that's really panicking us as parents. Um, So he did some blood tests and it took quite a while. And and I'll be honest, I wasn't sure what he was testing for. Uh, He just wanted to run some tests. And um, so, you know, we continue with physical therapy. We continue down the path of just being parents to our little guy and helping, helping him develop, taking whatever appointments he needs to go to. Um, and just engaging with him and loving him because he's just the sweetest baby, sleeps well, eats well. No complaints. Um, and I remember one day I was, we were looking at this event um event venue for a big company party we were planning. And my phone rings, and it's the pediatrician, and I'm just like, you know, excuse me, I have to take this. I don't mean to be rude. but so I step, you know, away from the from the group. And, you know, he, he tells me, he says, you know, um, we ran some tests specifically to uh, more genetic related blood work. And we found that Miles has um, a P2 duplication, a, a chromosome. So it's a chromosome 2P, sorry, chromosome 2P duplication is the, the term. And I, I think it time just stopped for me, you know, because before he could say another word, I didn't know what that meant. And as mm-hmm. a, at that moment, I just like a genetic issue. Um, what does that mean? So I'm just like frozen in time. Um, but I kind of like took a breath and I was like, you know, just listen, there's no need to, to panic. Just listen. So the doctor was like, I don't want you to worry. Um, but he does have this. We don't, it's kind of a rare thing. We don't know, um, what it necessarily means, but I'm going to recommend you to a geneticist so now you know we're not really listening or hearing autism we're hearing this genetic issue with our son um but he he did mention in that conversation that that's uh, you know that that what he knows about that genetic um situation is that it 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 does people that do have it do have developmental delays associated with it so So it
0: kind of presents like autism for
1: exactly so um so we went down that road in the meantime continuing with Um, physical therapy was really the only thing we were doing at the time. Um, We met with a geneticist who, again, another amazing human being, looks at miles. We go in, she's just kind of observing him and looking at the blood work and and giving us a bit of a background, a little more detail into um, Mm -hmm. this, this 2P duplication. And what she explained to us is that, you know, there's, it's a mosaic pattern. So there's, there's different genetic disorders that are on every single, p chromosome or different chromosomes this is a mosaic pattern which is kind of random which one of the other is i guess the better one to have um and she's looking at Miles and looking at him and, and he seems so happy he's making eye contact i don't know if it's autism i don't think it's you know i don't i don't you know if i'm a, if i had to make a bet i don't think it is but i i am concerned about his muscle tone because he's kind of like floppy right mm-hmm. um and uh, but i do think do you want to, you know, continue observing him? So um, in the meantime, she said, you know, let's get started down the autism track because if, if he is autistic, if he does test on the spectrum, then the world of resources opens up to you. Yeah. So let's get ahead of that. So again, I'm just, you know, where, where I hear a lot of parents having to push and fight and, 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 you know, use their parental instinct to say, no, 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 I'm not, content with what you're what you're telling me here i am being led down this by these beautiful human beings that have suddenly come into our life um and and you know pushed us on the right path so um so time goes on you know because there are delays just like everywhere else you got to wait for the next next stage you got to wait to get into a program so my wife was more the paperwork side of things. Um, You know, I'm running him to appointments, and she's kind of more doing all the all the paperwork stuff that needs to be done. Um, We eventually get into, um, to see to to assessments, to an assessment, Um, they assess him, they observe him, they feel that there's a good possibility for autism, but it's still a little too early. Because again, he's making great eye contact, he's doing things that, um, you know, he's doing some hand flapping and some other stuff. But they're just everyone's just kind of like i don't know he seems really bright and he's doing great i'm not really sure um but he wasn't progressing at the same time so it's not like oh now he's talking oh now he's this he's still (laughs) sort of in this phase of you know being who he was and not really developing uh language and 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 some occupational therapy skills um so yeah uh we kept on that path um then eventually we uh, because of that we were able to start services. So we were able to start speech and we were able to start occupational therapy. Um, and our fortune just kind of continued, like we had the best luck because then we we, we connect with this therapist at this local children's hospital um, that works with kids with developmental delays and learning challenges. So we get into the program because there's some cancellations, right? It's like a really, really long way. Somebody's looking out for you. <laughs> right the miraculous just cancellations and we jump all over you know I, I don't care if i have to go at one in the morning just tell me where i gotta be um so we get into a program and then we get into oh goodness the name of the program it's gonna it's like a handsome learning program with actually trained parents good mm. words good words i can't remember i'm sorry um but you know now my wife and I are enrolled in a, in a, in a program where they're teaching us about how to communicate with your child, how those development stages work. And the lady teaching the course is this amazing human being, uh, Michelle, who ends up being assigned as our speech therapist. So now we have a bit of a relationship with her. She's familiar with some of the challenges we're having with our son. And now we're seeing her, you know, once every couple of weeks. And here's another amazing human being that, isn't, you know, isn't just looking at a piece of paper and checking things off or, or mm-hmm. making notes. She's engaging with Miles. She's really invested in him. Um, and it's just, you know, the, the the best human being. Over time, she would eventually leave to go do a private practice. And I was like, you are not leaving without us. <laughs> we'll triple
0: your pay. <laughs> yeah.
1: At the, at the same time, it was, you know, we had this window where she wasn't available to us anymore before she set up a private practice and we were able to see her. And we went to other speech therapists. And that's where I really saw the value in in what she was doing for my son and how she was connecting with him because I watched him respond to other people and engage with other people. And I watched how they engaged with him. Um, you know, and it just wasn't the same connection. So, you know, luckily, we were still connected to Michelle. Um, and then we started, we were doing occupational therapy. And at that time, it was the pandemic. So we're doing occupational therapy through a laptop, which, just Mm -hmm. a bad situation you can't you know unless i'm playing peppa pig on a laptop i'm not holding you're not holding his attention so we would be kind of fighting and trying to do the things that she was trying to get us to do but it was it was a rough go so um he was taking a little more to speech um and words were starting to come out like again you know again and more and um so that was kind of that was kind of our path and then with the the two p duplication, as we continue to see the geneticist, um you know, she gave us more information and it and it's pretty rare. So there's not like, oh, here's the encyclopedia on two p duplication. Here's what you can expect. Here's the different stages. it It was kind of really rare. um they were showing us pictures of different, you know, this is what some kids that have it grow up and it look like and extended like large, enlarged facial features and all this sort of stuff. And so, I think um, the fact that his was a mosaic really kind of steered us away from some of the other challenges that come with that. Um, but it sort of does contribute to that, um, to, to his developmental delays. Um, and then um, some sometime before that, and I'm losing track of the, the calendar and progression of events, but um, during the pandemic, again, we had another assessment because the first one they were like, we think he's on the spectrum. We're able to start the programs. We're not sure. So we're not going to Sign the form that says yes, he's autistic at this point, so we couldn't get government funding and stuff. Um, but sh- during the pandemic, we did have another assessment. Um, it was Zoom, and uh, and yeah, he wasn't like he still wasn't progressing, still wasn't keeping focus, doing all the things. So he was diagnosed with level two autism, um, and so that that kind of sent us down the spiral of, of, you know, learning everything we can about autism, um, absorbing the knowledge, processing the knowledge, you know, that our son is autistic, um, you know, and then all of a sudden the waves of fear and that coming as a parent and they're like, they're rarely like, for me, it wasn't about, you know, how is he right now It was about what's his future look like. It's just this massive uncertainty. Um, uh, and that's what that's what you know we were going through at that time. But that's uh, you know I think it's the short version of what sort of our story was to to the diagnosis. Um, but that again, you know that even that the, um, the, the 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 person that was doing the diagnosis at that time um, through the Zoom, you know even her passion for for helping us and I'm sure other families. But at that time she was like, I need to get this through. I need to get your forms to you because the government funding program is changing. Um, and in our situation, it was what they did was at the time uh, the, the deadline, I think it was March was coming up. And if you submitted and did all your applications and everything before that deadline, what they would do is they would give you a lump sum based on, on your needs. So a lump sum of say $20,000. And then that would go towards anything that, you know, was approved to be spent on. So, uh, you know, therapies, um, any training aids that were required, whatever was approved on that list, we could use that funding towards, we'd have to track it. And then, and then of course, justify all of our spending. Um, But the program changed to where now parents out of pocket um, would have to, would have to fund and then submit, the the receipts to the program and get reimbursed for it which you know which which could put a lot of pressure on on families that that may be living living um you know check to check um so so again you know just another amazing situation that we 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 kind of stumbled into with the right person and and helped us get through that so we just kind of got into the window at the time and
0: so were you grandfathered into that new system yeah so anybody prior to that doesn't have to do the new version right Gosh, right. that's so nice. she
1: she expedited everything and got us grandfathered into it. Yeah, and,
0: that's really incredible. You know,
1: I wouldn't have known to fight or push for that. I just kind of mm-hmm. would have been, you know, my wife again, she's like better at that than me. She's the one that gets on the phone with the telephone company so there's a problem with our bill. You know, yep. she's she's uh she's she's built that way. So, but she um you know, we didn't have to we didn't have to fight, we didn't have to have that battle. I'll, I know in Ontario where i'm located there are still significant issues with the programs out there there's coalitions of autism parent groups in the thousands um you know there's delays in 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 diagnosis there's a lot of challenges here in Canada so i don't want my story to be like you know somebody's just assuming that this is how it works i think everybody I'm, moved on Ontario yeah. <laughs> yeah i no. think I'm, I, we are blessed and fortunate and and the luckiest people and mm-hmm. as i as i've been working with miavia and getting involved with the community and you know, connecting with people and hearing their stories and listening to the stories on your podcast. It's just, you know, I continue to realize just how fortunate we are and uh, and not a day goes by that I don't, I, you know, I don't, I'm not thankful for that.
0: Well, and I think um, in some of the research that I did on you and <clears throat> the company and um, was it based on the therapies and just going in like many of us parents, it's either a rotating door in our home or we're at therapy centers. 40 hours a week sometimes for our kids. It's like a full-time job when they're little to do OT, PT, speech. Um, and it sounds like uh, Miles is a lot like Skylar. Skylar was extremely hypotonic. So he was literally a floppy baby. He never crawled. Yeah. He, he didn't walk till he was almost three. It just his muscle tone was so, so low. So we were always having therapies. But I, I know that um, you know the premise of Mia Via, which you can tell everybody the, the vision and the mission uh, behind the company, but it all evolves around sensory toys. So is that kind of how that unfolded as you were just kind of observing, like, there's got to be a better way to do some of this stuff. So let's start um, a company. <laughs> well, gosh. so what, uh,
1: it was kind of, um, you know, it was, it was timing. I'm a big believer in, in timing in, in life and when things are right, you know, not every opportunity is met with the right timing. And um, I remember exactly how the idea sparked and I was at his occupational therapy appointment at one of his OT appointments and, you know, I'm just doing what I, what I can um, following instructions. Um, and she had uh, a little pop tube, like one of the baby pop tubes and she's trying to get miles to stretch it. And he loves it. The sound He resonates with the sound. And, and I'm like, you know, and I realized I'm like, okay, so he, she's engaging with this toy and he's doing the thing that he needs to do with it. And the thing she's trying to to get him to do the pull um, effect. Um, so I'm like, I, uh, I need to, I need to find these. And at the time I was like, I have no idea what it's called. I remember them from my childhood because mm-hmm. they've been around forever. I'm like, I can't remember what these are called. So I, I go home, start searching on Amazon. Right. And I'm like, what are they called? What are they called searching? Eventually I come across these things or pop tubes. I'm like, okay, great. So I order him some pop tubes so that him and I can connect and do these therapies together, at least with that one, you know, there's a lot of other common stuff, Play-Doh and, Mm-hmm. kids scissors and paper and you know markers like all that sort of stuff that they'll use in occupational therapy is available everywhere um but i remember thinking like when i go to a lot of the appointments like um uh, um speech especially too they're using different types of toys and they're using what they can and, and it's kind of like you know you, you see cobblestone so like one therapist really is, uses tracks and cars to get the cause and effect of a ramp style toy that you know encourages them to want to see that again and, and tries to pull words out requesting words again more etc um and another therapist would use something different to try to get the same effect um and so I was just like, what, what was frustrating for me or where I saw the opportunity was like, I can't go home and buy every toy in the world to work with my son.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and some of the toys that he was engaging with were like really, I mean, like Hasbro 1980 because that therapist loved it and it works really well and they take care of it. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll go look up that Hasbro piano thing. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Or, you know, so I just thought that there was an opportunity um to 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 build toys that you could connect with children that are are goal focused so like if there's a ramp a drop toy yeah you know if they love cars and they love ramps and you have a car ramp go for it but maybe there's a different way that i can incorporate that um to make that toy more geared towards what what they're trying to achieve um so that was kind of like the the how the seed got planted and then i just kind of thought about it a little bit um One of my coworkers at the time, a beautiful friend of mine, um, Rachel, I I had a conversation with her about it and she was kind of like that push I needed, you know, this is amazing. You really need to start this brand. You need to do this. Um, So the next, uh, the next phase for me was validation. So for me, the people I really looked up to were like um, Michelle, our speech therapist. And I hadn't really had a, like a long-term relationship with her at the time. Um, but, you know, cause usually I don't want to waste any miles time to have side conversations when she's trying to get him to talk. I want her to try to get him to talk. So, but at one of the appointments I said, you know, do you mind if I ask you a question? And I, and I said, um, you know, where do you get your toys? Is there a specific place you go to get your toys? And that led us down the rabbit hole of a lot of the SLPs in that particular, um, children's center would develop their own toys, design their own stuff. Um, and she showed me a picture of this toy they called the Wee Tube. And um, that's what they just kind of lovingly named it. And what it was, was like a, a an orange juice container, like a jug. And the jug had a hole cut out and they had stuck a clear tube into this hole, right? So it kind of looks sketchy, I won't lie. Um,
0: <laughs> Definitely homemade. What, <laughs> yeah,
1: what they did with it was they would um, pour water into it. And then they would slide toys down this the, the little pipe tube and then they would swirl it around and because it was all clear. And I, I'm like, and so they engage with that. She was like, they love it. They absolutely love it. And I thought to myself, I can do that and I can do that better. I think. Um, and so we just started talking and every time I could, I would pick her brain, like, you know, as I'm getting his jacket on or something and the appointment's over, I would pick her brain and talk to her about a little bit more um and then that was the idea that started it all and um you know at the time I when by the time that had happened I was working um with the company in Kentucky and so the idea was take that idea and see if I can upsell it to them and they'll let me start and focus on creating this new toy brand um and again you know, as fortunate as I've been, they couldn't, couldn't be more supportive, do what you got to do, how can we help? Um, and, uh yeah, that's kind of how me of you started. So as I fleshed it out, it was really um, to develop lo- toys and, and learning aids to help children achieve those goals to, to make them targeted towards kids. Um, You know, you mentioned that, you know, I've done a few sensory toys, uh, the sequence, the sequence Mm -hmm. toy I've done. I've also done like a plush octopus toy. I
0: love that octopus toy. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I Um, love it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's so well received right now, but you know, I didn't invent plush toys, you know, (laughs) I wish I did, but you know, the autism community deserves a plush toy that's built to help children with autism. And that's where, you know, how can I make, I remember seeing, sorry, Like uh, there's toys out there. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not saying good or bad, but there's toys out there where like little cuts of pieces of of cloth and different types of materials. And that's a sensory bag. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, why can't my son have fun too? Why can't he use his imagination? Why do I just want to give him a piece of cloth that he touches or Mm -hmm. has a feel different? So that I kind of just pushed me to say, I can incorporate, you know, there's a hybrid there where I can incorporate the fun of toys with the you know, the cause and effect or other attributes that can get children with autism engaged and working towards their goals. Um, and then, you know, I could only really do it if I had the support of people that were living and breathing autism as, as their every day. So, you know, Michelle, my, my speech language pathologist that works with Miles, you know, she's incredibly supportive. If I have an idea, she looks at it, she gives me insight. She, you know, will tell me how to make it better if she, if she sees an opportunity, his occupational therapist now, Kathy, uh, phenomenal. I mean, couldn't, she will, she will literally give me a half hour of her time just to look at some of the ideas and talk to me about how amazing it would be, how to make it better for kids with, you know, that, that have occupational sensory needs. Um,
0: Was it her or or somebody's sorry to interrupt you. Was it somebody's suggestion to put um, one of the things I I think is so creative that I hadn't seen in a, in a long time or ever with the octopus is that the head of the octopus is weighted like a you know weighted blanket whatever just a weighted head and then with the tentacles being different fabrics like you explained but there's a marble in each tentacle that you said and it says on the amazon page in the website that kids like to move that marble from the end of the tentacle to the top of the tentacle and back and it's just a really good fine motor um process to move that marble around. And um I think that's genius. Just something like that. Does that is that the kind of feedback that these therapists give you? Like this is great, but better if yeah, yeah.
1: And the hybrid, you know, because they know they there's there's marble toys that are encased in nylon that kids will just fidget with, right? Um and so that kind of like was was my like how can I take what I know? They weighted helps with calming, you know, different sensory materials um and the octopus because of the tentacles the amount of tentacles it would give me an opportunity to easily build in different types of fabric but they would be the ones that would say yes that was that is a you know like they would say this is a really cute idea um and I build it in right like I could have probably saved money at manufacturing by not including the marbles but I thought this is how I make it different this is how I add the value for kids with autism Mm um and you know it's kind of nerve-wracking because um, how do you, you know, do I put a marble in a toy and it's a choking, is it a choking hazard? And I'm panicking and I'm, you know, waking up in the middle of the night going, Oh my God, should I not have put marbles in it? But there's a thousand marble toys, like marble run yeah. is one of the most popular toys out there. So I have to, at some point trust the parents to know their children. Right. Well, and, and the cards and that careful, you include but, yeah.
0: are, are very thorough. I mean, you know, it's cute. You get, you know, a little sticker in there and then the card, I, I kind of chuckled when I read it. Cause it was like, i you to know, be very careful. I don't want to lose my marbles, you know, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like keep it away from your mouth and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, like you said, I mean, it has age ranges, age appropriate. If it's a tiny little kid that could chew on the tentacles, and you know rip them open eventually it's not the toy for them but i mean like parents have to be responsible for what they right and you know one
1: of the one of the comments and feedback i got was from this parent that had bought it and it was just a a comment on one of our 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 amazon listings um that you know i absolutely love this i was a little worried about the marbles so i you know opened up the legs took out all the marbles restitched it and i couldn't be happier and i was like that's genius you know you customize it for the the need of your kid and that's amazing you mm-hmm. know i'm like that's great do that um but yeah i just didn't want to have just another plush and and that that octopus kind of um is is kind of like now i'm building a line of sensory friends so it's i call them the felix f-e-e-l-i-x felix sensory friends so it's it's going to be more you know it's geared towards um toys like plushes that are weighted that are customized like you know that that customized but they have different fabrics built into them um and different attributes like i'm not just gonna keep building the same toy over Mm -hmm. and over and over again um but like i'll i know you can't see but like this is
0: Oh, that's Ellie. cute I love crinkle like the crinkle really yeah used to so get the Skylar. octopus
1: doesn't yeah. have sound so you know I'm holding an elephant that that uh, has, has similar attributes <laughs> with big crinkle ears oh and it's feet. cute yeah and yeah. and that's launching soon so I you know those are things that I just feel like our kids deserve to
0: mm-hmm.
1: to not have to go into a toy world and find what might work for them but have toys built that actually are Considering their needs, considering their sensitivities, considering cause and effect, and things that I believe will help children work—like will want them to repeat that action or, or 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 just do the thing that you want them to to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like you know, like why I, I so I watch Miles with occupational therapy. It's like connect these two dots with the pen. He <laughs> just has zero interest now. If yeah. I can make those two dots glow. And sing when you touch one right. and then the other, uh, he would be a master at it.
0: Yeah. You know, so that's kind well, of the
1: strategy behind
0: it. I have to brag on your, um, the other toy that I have too, the, sequence um, toy. yeah, the sequence toy, what I thought my daughter, like I told you before we started, it'll be 18. And so when I opened the package, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. What are these? Like the stencils that came with it. So she starts playing with it and she goes, well, hold it still. And so like, she's trying to do it. And I'm like, that. I mean, I've seen so many sequin toys, pillows, all these things, and you just wave your hand back and then the other direction and then back mm-hmm. in the other direction. I mean, yeah, that for sensory wise, that's great for a few minutes, but it's boring. Like it doesn't yeah. really excite you other than you see the change in the sequence when it goes the other way, but you included various stencils with it, you know, really nice quality, thick, um, laminated, I guess, you know, cardboard pieces or whatever. Yeah. And like a heart and you set the heart down and then you move the sequence on the opposite direction. So then when you take it off, it's got a heart pattern in the sequence board. It's just really cute. And it right. again, it's interactive. They have fun doing it and they're getting a skill out of it and strengthening yes. their muscles, all the things at the same yeah, time. Yeah, It does so.
1: It does seem like a very simple toy. Um, and again, yeah, like you said, pillows, right? They're everywhere. Pillows, yep. tiny toys, you can get reversible sequence on anything, but they're always really small too. And so like, uh, I couldn't, I just thought that if I gave children a bigger space, then it would also encourage the participation and sharing Um, just from observing kids in general, you know, from, from my son's daycare. But like, I remember I took it in one time, I had like a prototype and I said, do you mind if I just put this down and let's see what the kids do? And like, of course, yeah, how about it? I just put it on the table and I walked away. So I didn't have any influence and I turned around by the time I got to the door and there was like five or six kids. (laughs) <laughs> just like all of them around it just figuring it out and I thought this is really fun um and and uh and then I also had a focus for sensory rooms because there's a lot of great stuff in sensory rooms and this would be a great on the wall kind of thing out mm-hmm. of the way and then also when parents you know one of the I think uh, one of the, for calming or just familiarity like if you're traveling with your child or daughter somewhere where they a friend's house or something maybe be able to bring that fold it up easy have toys that they they like um, available to them so yeah that's kind of where that one came from and I just finished a second version of that where um, instead of color switching so it goes from the rainbow to the silver the current one now when you it's a it's a beautiful ocean teal and then when you reverse it there's a beautiful image graphic with um, like a like a scene with kids around a pond, and there's uh, letters, shapes, numbers. and I took that one into miles's um miles's current class, which is um an aba focused class with again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging. I'm just so fortunate, but he has like he's in a specialized class at his school where he has three full-time caregivers and they only have six kids and you have to like apply and there has to be an opening. And so he's got this amazing support and speech comes in, you know, occupational comes in like all these people. So um, for me, from a selfish perspective, I've got this amazing toy testing group of kids and these amazing teachers that cannot wait to like, whatever you have, bring it in. And so I took in, they'd already had the original sensory toy we talked about. I took in the second one with the graphic um, that we just ordered and they're like, this they love the first one. Love, love, love the first one. This one is even better because it just they hone in on their attention. Like they just love it. And with autism, a lot of the kids, as you know, love numbers. Like Miles is a numbers freak and he loves um alphabet, letters, shapes, colors. Um, so yeah, so that's that's another one. So a way to kind of continue the progression so that. Hey, if you know your child and he would love the shapes, great. But there's also this other version that may be more suited to them because they love numbers. That's that's mm-hmm. their thing. So um that's cool. but I'm really no, glad you like that.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um it's calming for me to just go in there and just <laughs> it <fun>. it's really <laughs> <been> a couple <laughs> times. Um, what remind me, what does Mia via stand for? Um, or I mean, what is the meaning behind the right, So
1: uh you know, learning as a parent about maybe, uh, or about autism really was just that, you know, that, that little boy or girl, uh, has vocabulary. This little boy or girl has no language. This little boy or girl is good with this. this will, like, and then the levels, right? There's level one now, level two, level three, all sorts of things that you've got to learn. And, um, it's just really the fundamental understanding that, you know, every child learns at their own pace in their own way um in their own time um and that was what i was trying to find a name representative of that so i was just doing a lot of random searching for words and trying to find a, a fun creative way to do that and i think it was google translate i started you know putting in things and seeing what the, what they meant in different languages and and my way um is two words my way and in latin it's mia via um, MEA VIA so I just put them together and I thought that's that's sort of what I really want you know it, there's no cookie cutter solution, not for anything that we do in autism, mm-hmm. I don't think and especially not for toys. Um, so I just wanted to you know my way and, and the kids learn and, and adapt and, and grow at their own pace in their own way and I, I just thought that was a like that was a perfect name.
0: It is cool. I love it. yeah that's fantastic. Um, so what other things um, help miles, you know, find joy in his day? I mean, he is the happiest kid he really, <laughs> He's always really smiling is. and laughing. And so, what does he find joyful? Does he like to be outside? Does he like to play certain things? or
1: so, um, I think one of the biggest discoveries I've had this year, especially on on the speech thing, is that, you know, there was no really breakthroughs in like appointment one, two, three, four, five. Like we just had this development and repetition and progression. And what we've sort of been learning a lot is exactly what resonates with him. So Miles loves physical play, um, sensory, like swings. He, like, he cannot get enough of the swing. <laughs> I could, if I take him to a park, he's on that swing. If I left him on there for an hour, he would stay because of that physical pressure he gets behind me if i'm sitting on a couch and nestles in behind me and asks me for a squish and i don't mean like a little gentle squish like i'm pushing on him against the back of the couch and he loves it he loves that deep pressure he also loves music anything musical um he i, I i'm not a i'm not well versed in this but it's something i'm learning more of but a gasolt gasolt learning okay. so he um he learns really well in chunks of words um so you know i've been just kind of learning about what motivates miles so that i can get him to achieve that how do i apply that to getting him to share you know so uh, like a a perfect example is we've been working on his sharing because if he's in love with a toy it's hard to get him away he's never aggressive or physical or you know um has a meltdown or anything, but he just doesn't like to share and wants to pull it back. Well, his love of counting. So now what'll happen, what we'll do is we'll practice my turn or or your turn because, you know, we have to speak from their perspective, right? That's another thing. It took me a long time to adjust <laughs> to. It's not, you know, I don't walk in the room and say, hi, Miles. I'm supposed to walk in the room and say, hi, daddy, because that's what he's supposed to say when he sees me. Anyway.
0: Isn't it interesting uh, how much we have to
1: yeah. Retrain
0: ourselves, especially having yeah. other children. I mean, yeah. you have to completely parent and navigate your home differently with right. your daughter than with your son. And, um, I always say I've learned more from Skylar and his world than I could ever possibly teach him because it's not fair to make them convert to the way we do things. Exactly. So, yeah, but, but um, even, even
1: like my parents <laughs> living here with us, it's just like, you know, dad, you have to, from his perspective so you need to say hi grandpa how does that <laughs> go hi, how does that
0: generational gap go they couldn't they couldn't uh,
1: that's that's their baby that's <laughs> they just they just have such a great connection and he that's you know cute. miles has really good connection with them so mm-hmm. um but
0: so the counting what were you
1: saying yeah so we we say uh you know your turn and then we take the toy and then what we've been doing is counting so like one two or down from 10 sometimes backwards 10 9 and he adjusted to that like quickly it wasn't working before where we would take the toy and I would have a turn you know because he'd want it back or he would be like okay no fine I'm leaving I'm gonna go do something else because I can't handle not playing with that toy Um, but then he started we incorporated the counting Mm -hmm. and so sometimes we'll count from five sometimes we'll count from 10 sometimes we'll count from 20 and to adjust that he you know the last thing I wanted to do is go to school. have to share and start counting from five and be like, oh yeah, I've counted to five. It's my toy now.
0: Mm-hmm. So we
1: have to vary the the amounts of time. So we've used different increments of counting, but that yeah. has been huge for us is really just saying, okay, we know these things about miles as he's gotten older and he's, you know, been more expressive and, and we just through observation can tell what he does and doesn't like. So incorporating that um, he loves to swing. So we'll put a blanket down you know, and to get him to, and we won't swing until he says, I want to swing. So he uses his proper requesting language and then we swing and then we'll put him down again. And then, you know, same thing. But if we were doing that with, uh, with a toy that didn't have cause and effect or something, you know, he, he probably wouldn't, he just, he, I just couldn't gain his interest in, in mm-hmm. wanting to come out with that language. So that's kind of where he's at now. So he's, he's really getting good at requesting, um, And we're trying to expand that vocabulary, but through the Gasol thing, we've been also noticing, um, he's expressing his emotions through chunks of words that he's relating to situations that he may have seen on a program. So, um, like Peppa Pig, this is, he loves Peppa Peppa Pig, Pig. right?
0: (laughs) I Um, love it.
1: So he would, if it was time to do something he didn't want to do, you know, he gets a little sad. He's like, oh no, Peppa and George, blah, 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 blah. I was just like, every time it's time to put away your tablet or tablet time is over, this is the phrase you're saying with me. It's scripting, yeah. It's scripting. So he Mm -hmm. was connecting that moment in an episode he was familiar with when Peppa and George were upset or something had happened to him in that moment, and he's upset, so now we're learning how to kind of understand that when he's using those phrases and it's not just when he's upset sometimes you'll see me putting on my coat and it's like oh what a nice coat and you know he'll like kind of recite an entire scene but he's connecting that me putting on the coat to peppa pig or whoever's putting on the coat in that episode um so now we're tracking that and trying to understand when he's using and what the phrases are so that we can continue to develop his language See that um yeah, I just you know once I, just, you, I think you've got something. Just,
0: I just find scripting. I mean, Skylar's never done it because he's just never spoken. Mm. But I find that phenomenon so remarkable because I mean, you know, people just like I do in this world, um, neurotypical people who can't empathize or don't understand the emotions behind a situation. It's just in for our kids who have sometimes limited vocabulary to be able to assess a feeling that they're feeling with something that they've seen and recall that and remember it. Like it just blows yeah. my mind how smart they are. And, uh, they just are never given enough credit, but right. I don't know it's that beautiful. I could recall a show or a movie or a something, you know, in the memory and in, in, in to recite it completely. The only time yeah. I've ever done that he, is with comedies.
1: <laughs> and it's it's incredible. And he, yeah. he uses it as a, as a mechanism too to calm like if mm-hmm. he's in if he's like bored of being in the car he'll kind of like just start reciting an episode and it's just it's one of his things right where other kids will have different uh, ways to to kind of to just calm themselves or, or recenter. you know that's his thing um but it's yeah it's absolutely beautiful and that's kind of one of the things I've always been mesmerized about autism as i learned about it it's like how you Know heartbreaking and complex, but also really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be so,
0: yeah. Well, um, you know, what are your biggest uh hopes and dreams for, for both Miles? I mean, he's so young, so it, that's kind of yeah. a loaded question, but with Mia Via and Miles, and um, you know, just and your daughter, and just kind of everything in general, knowing what you know today, um, and how, like, you've said early on, I mean, with him being only five for you guys to have adapted and understood how he processes things and, um, even just giving him a timeline of how long he'll be away from a toy and he knows it's over soon. Um, that's great to pick up on so early. So, um, I just wonder how the dynamic is in your house. Um, and you know, with your, with your daughter and what hopes you have for, for miles in the future.
1: Um, you know, I just, I can't help, but always, and I think it's, I think it's a, it's a common thread. You know, it's one thing that's very similar among parents with kids with special needs. It's just the future. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to keep working so that he can live his best life in whatever that might be, you know, whether uh, I think with level two, the generalization is that he may or may not need lifetime support. It's like to be determined, right? Mm -hmm. Level three is sort of like, yes, he's always going to require assistance, level one is probably going to be okay. Um, so for me being in that kind of that middle ground, I just want to do whatever we can help in any way, shape or form to get him to, to live his best life. And that's not, I'm not, I'm not setting expectations. You know, I'm not setting the goal of, I want him to be able to cook for himself. I want him to have a job. I don't know. I I just can't do that. I -hmm. can't, I can't set expectations with something as, as complex as autism, where, you know, one minute he's, Oh my goodness. He's saying, you know, I want fishies. I want fishies. This is the greatest (laughs) day of my life. And then he doesn't say it again for Mm -hmm. six months. You know, it's like we Mm -hmm. regress Uh, and then we jump forward. Like it's, it's, it's kind of all over the place. So I think, you know, I try to manage any, I try to manage creating expectations for him. I just, you know, what, what can we do? How can we help him? And then seeing where it leads and, and, and building on his strengths, Mm -hmm. um, you know I dream about it I, you know if, if you if you say you know what would you you know if you could wave a magic wand where would he be I'd be like he would be happy living his best life and running you know, me a via to, yeah <laughs> running me a via uh, you know being well he's already my chief toy tester so.
0: I bet he has an important um, job yeah. I just As, I always ask that even though he's young uh, when people used to ask me that question all the time and I found it so odd. Someone would ask me like, you know, where do you see Skyler in five years? I'm like, he's five. I don't know. I, don't but, know, I mean, really, but- honestly, it's little goals. It's, it's, um, you know, for, for me, it was always, I just, I would love for him to have a friend. Like, I mean, I just want him to have some sort of normalcy, whatever that yeah. is at his age, at his peer level. So if yeah. it's interacting in a, in a public school. Um, or right. having a friend or be invited to a birthday party and actually right. want to go and have fun. It's little things. It's not like I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to, you know, whatever it's just, yeah. and that's, just meeting him where so he true. is and just it's trying so, so to do true. your best at meeting, meeting them where he, they are. Right. He
1: he's funny. You say that he got, a, um, an invitation for a birthday party the other day. And, you know, my daughter's constantly getting invited to birthday parties and, uh, but he got an invitation to a birthday party. And I'd never thought about that. You know, like, again, I hear about heartbreaking stories and all that stuff, but I never thought about that. And it really affected me emotionally. Like I was, I, I was happy, but like, I don't know. It was just this strange release. Like I wanted to cry. I wanted to dance. I didn't know what was happening, but all it was, is just open this envelope and, Cause it was Valentine's day. So I'm assuming it's some sort of Valentine's day card and it's an invitation to a party. And it just like blew my heart up. Right. Um, and it's, it's the same thing with my wife. Like she was just she, over the moon and it just, it just grounds you in how those tiny little things, like you mentioned, just mean a million times more. Um, Could you yeah, show that
0: to him? Does he understand that he was invited yeah. to a party?
1: will you take him I mean
0: will he yes absolutely he he loves being around other kids I'm guessing
1: he knows the other kids and he's very familiar and he's he's progressing in the way that he's also able to connect um another person's emotions so like if there was a little boy crying the other day I guess in class because we get notes from the teachers about (laughs) some of the things that went on and you know he was like oh no is everything okay you know but he's repeating that because generally that's what we say if he you know has a fall or something are you okay but he was able to apply that to this little boy being upset. So he has this little sweet empathy for people. Um, that's, that's really beautiful. And he laughs when you laugh and he'll cry when you cry. So he just, you know, he's very emotional. It's very powerful, but yeah, I, I can't, I couldn't agree with you more. Those little things just mean the world. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? have
0: you, now that you guys um, have a little bit more clarity around his um, genetic, um chromosomal, uh, I, I want to call it an issue or diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, just getting the services and and being on the spectrum. Um, you know, it just seems like when I talk to dads and moms that they just process things a little differently. And maybe that right. comes through in how you guys, um, you know, manage all the out, ins and outs of that stuff. So she does the paperwork and all the phone calls and all that stuff. And then you, you know, taking him to the places for therapy, but, um, do you guys have, did you process it differently? Did you talk about it together and one have a little bit different perspective or emotion than the other when you were kind of just learning about some of the challenges that Miles may face, you know, just aging yeah. um, and going through things?
1: When, when we first got the diagnosis, um, I used to be a really emotional person, like very reactive, you know? whether that was like crying or whether it was another emotion, you know, anger, whatever it was, um, life sort of teaches you things. And so I've, I've really worked really hard over time to process and breathe and slow down and, and kind of like, you know, that moment, like if you get into a small car accident where there's just panic and chaos, but you have to kind of like ground yourself and, and kind of go through the motions of what you need to do next. Um, and so, you know she was she's she's an amazing mother and and she kind of had this air like I remember when we were talking about it she felt guilty uh, she felt I remember her questioning herself was there something I did did I cause this mm-hmm. um, and you know like of course reassurance like that's you know, that's not at all, even remotely close to, to what may have happened, but that's what she was feeling. Is she almost blamed herself. I mean, you know, it may sound really silly, but she, she was questioning, like, did I eat something I shouldn't have eaten? Mm-hmm. Or, did I not have a good diet? Um, you know, and again, at that moment, you don't really know a lot about autism. So, um, you know, after you learn about it, it's obviously not even remotely close to being accurate, but um, that's what she was going through. Uh, and it was challenging for her, but you know, we had this amazing little guy to just kind of like focus on and just, he just, he almost kind of reflected back at us and was like, it's going to be okay. You know, like I, I will figure this out. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I went into like processing mode. I was just, Hey, okay. What does this mean? What's the next step? How can I help? What do I got to do? Um, because I, I just, I didn't want to be in the emotion of the moment uh, where, you know, like I, I compared to like, if you come across someone that's injured, right. There's this emotional part where you're really upset that this happened, but me, I just like, okay, is your leg broken? How do I fix that? What do I need to do? Do I need to stabilize? Because my mind's going to, how do I get this person safe? How do I get it helped fast and an emotion at that moment doesn't really help, you know, crying or, or being emotional isn't helping that person get through whatever, injury that they're suffering. So for me, it was like that. I just kind of like all of a sudden went into processing mode. What does this mean? What's the next step? Okay. Well, we Mm -hmm. have to make an appointment. Okay. Well, we have to fill this application. Okay. Well, we have to go see so-and-so I'm like, okay. So until I have that appointment, until we get to that next step, I'm just going to be the best dad I can be. Um, and I, I purposefully, which was one of the hardest, um, parts about it was like, I'm not going to get on the internet and start (laughs) reading about this. I will, I will talk to professionals but I'm going to avoid the internet and my wife can't help it. Right. She's yeah. You know, cause the internet is doomsday. It's just, well, doomsday. I mean, at, at
0: least you had the internet. We didn't yeah. have the internet back and, when he was diagnosed, but right. I mean, it's nice that there are groups, support groups and tons oh, yeah, of Facebook pages was... and stuff like that now at least. But right. yes, I mean, there are definitely the handful or more that are just like, Oh, you just wait, this gets worse. worse. And you yeah, know, it's it's like, your top on. of are always
1: WebMD <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. The it's interesting it. you use the analogy of um broken leg and fixing and maybe this is too stereotypical and and I'm wrong but it just seems like a lot of dads and fathers process and men just process things that way too mm-hmm. like it's black and white and it's like all right what do i need to do what how can i fix this it's just fixer mode especially yeah. if your wife is <clears throat> you know feeling guilt which i think most of us moms do because we carried them in our bodies Um, we blame ourselves, but so I'm sure you're kind of torn between how do I fix this? What doctors do I need to call? What steps do I need to do? And then how do I, you know, in strength, impart strength on my wife and make her understand she didn't do anything wrong, and like be there for her emotional support and fix that too, so that she doesn't feel bad. So you guys, I just you know, I always wonder if you have the time. To process emotional emotions and your true feelings about it because you guys don't seem to have time or you're not necessarily allowed to do that because you're just fixing you're just right fixing. so yeah that I, makes I think sense.
1: I've 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 learned enough and I've got enough amazing female friends that I've learned over time that it's not about fixing it sometimes mm-hmm. it's just about letting it happen and listening. Mm-hmm. and so i you know luckily i was at that point where i knew that that she just needed reassurance she needed to go through the emotions and that's all i that's all i could do from from that perspective right like reassure he's healthy he's happy he's beautiful mm-hmm. i wouldn't change a thing about him um you know and 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 it's going to be okay we're going to get through this together that's really there was no fixing it um if that makes sense right mm-hmm. it's just um, but that's all I just wanted to do was like, okay, how do we get you know, the support he needs? What is that? What is that help he needs? And and you know, one of the things you mentioned, the community. Like, I I ran to find the community. And you know, as a parent, not not as a Mia via person at the time. I was just like, who else is going through this? And you don't actually necessarily have to like engage you just read Mm -hmm. and you listen to real people tell their stories their way um and you realize that's what helped me realize that it's kind of all over this place like that's you know this spectrum really is it's it goes beyond in from what i've learned it really goes beyond the the autism um diagnosis like the spectrum from you know sensitivities and how each kid is, is is a little different but also just the experiences that the parents have, like the spectrum is huge. It's like mm-hmm. this universe where what you're going through and how, how my story unfolds versus how another parent who's a single mother and doesn't have any support or family unfolds, can't get funding unfold, lives in a different province or state unfold. It's just, it's all over the place and it's crazy. And, and, but you know, I went to the community and one of the things that was so consistent was the reassurance, the support that, Mothers and fathers alike felt like they had a place to vent, mm-hmm. share how they're feeling, connect with people that were wanting to say, "I felt that too." That's the same thing that I went through. This is what helped me. Um, it's absolutely beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been so supportive. Like the um, just when when a, launching Mia via, just been phenomenal. Like how supportive the community has been, how open they are to, to having someone committed to developing toys that aren't fidget dump bins, what I call them. Whereas, like you know, if you go, if you search on Amazon, for example, autism toys, the most of the initial selections are like, hey, here's 50 fidget toys. What does that do for me? You know, it's like I'm gonna dump a box in front of Miles and figure out which one he may or may not like. And then what do I do with that? Um, so one of the things I'm hoping to achieve and I'm focused to achieve where where I'm looking forward for, uh, you know, the future of me is, hey, this isn't just a toy. Here's a great toy. Here's what it does. Here's how it can help your son. But here's ways that we engage to, with this toy to accomplish this. You know, we're focusing on requesting words. So here's a pop tube set and here's how we're going to play with this pop tube set to um, to get to that point where Miles may request um and then also you know just help just be just be a helping hand because a lot of parents they're a lot of people are gifting toys just thinking that he may or may not like this it's kind of a hit or miss mm-hmm. will they enjoy this will they not so i'm hoping i'm hoping my long-term vision for me is to continue to build things to help parents understand how to connect um with their child using that toy or learning aid uh, and then also to really give back to the community. Um, that's, that's one of the things I want to do. I, I want to be, you know, I want to be really immersed in the community.
0: Well, and, and I, help I'm i glad you mentioned that because I, I didn't want to get away from our conversation without mentioning your partnership with, um, Bluegrass Center for Autism, which is a place Skylar used to attend for many, many years. It was the only autism center we had, um, over in Louisville. And, um, so you, for the month of April, a portion of the proceeds from Mia Via sales will go to BCA. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. So That's I connected nice. with, through a mutual friend. Again, um, the community is just phenomenal. <laughs> but uh, they connected me to um, uh, Sterling uh, Franklin mm-hmm. over there. She's the director of marketing, and I just at the time I I had like the octopus. And I was working on other toys that were, that were coming soon when we had our first conversation and she just really got into the position, but we talked and just had like an open conversation. And I said, look, I, I have these toys. They're, they're doing well. Um, I want to connect and just in a way to get you funding and help donations. So I wanted like for the month of April, Autism Acceptance Month um, to get, you know, to help in any way I can, just to give back to the community. And I want to build a relationship with you so that we can do more things for the community, like maybe down the road, you know, fund or donate sensory rooms for schools that don't have them, um, wherever that may take me. Um, But that's, that's the dream. The toys are really just this vessel to allow me to do that, to help the community, to connect with families, to help children, to, you know, hopefully, I mean, our, our sort of our vision is to to be able to to help uh, parents and families with autism experience that goal, like while they're working with a toy to, to be able to see that more. And it's just like, <laughs> that moment, you know, because it's really just magic. Um, it's magic, you know, anytime that your child accomplishes anything that you're trying to work towards, whether it's just trying a new food, or whether it's yeah. just the simplest things, it's just like, like your day, your week, is, can't take the smile off my face. You know?
0: <laughs> That's right. Well, I am so glad Jess introduced us because, um, you have a partner in Kentucky with me. I will help you connect with as many people as you want. And I already have some ideas for places that we can partner together.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Whatever, you know, the community has been beautiful to me. I'm focused. on giving back. And, you know, as a side note, like, thank you for what you're doing. Cause it's amazing. Like I've, I, I got immersed in your podcast. Now it's kind of my daily routine. I put you on in the morning.
0: I Uh-oh. listen to you while I, I listen
1: to you while I'm, you know, designing stuff and just in the background. And I learned so much from other people's stories and other great things they're doing. It's, um, French fries and fidgets. Is that yes. fidgets and fries it was yeah. fantastic. The other day, so but I think I think what you're doing is beautiful, and I know it's not easy. And I think I think it's wonderful, and I'm I'm super happy to have connected with you.
0: Well, thank you. I learn from every single guest. I learn something every single time. So I'm just glad you guys want to be on here and listen and share your stories because we can all learn from each other. So thank you Absolutely. so much. I will link up Mia via. Um, now, can people purchase the toys from your website and Amazon? I found it on yes. Amazon, but yeah, both. it's okay. on.
1: Okay, it's a, it's available on Amazon.com. So U.S. only um, for now. We're working on expanding those markets um, to make them more available globally because autism is a global thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but yes mia via toys m-e-a-v-i-a toys.com is our direct website and then on amazon.com you can just search up mia via toys and you'll see uh, what's available there and we've got a lot of great things coming down down the line soon so really exciting Yay. time for us
0: well i'll be following along and ordering more things skylar loves everything ah, so far <laughs> that's
1: fantastic thank you so much thank for you, all your Louis. support really appreciate it take care bye Lord.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and will tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.